got a couple things that I feel like God was saying. So you know that whole take me back thing, you know, like we're like, oh yeah, like, you know, it's like kind of two-edged. It's like, do y'all remember when you were first a Christian and you just like did stupid stuff? Yeah. So you're like, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back and like do that, you know, or or then there's the, do you remember when you were first a Christian and you knew you didn't know anything and you were like, teach me, teach me, somebody tell me something, or I want to read my Bible every day and learn and grow and, you know, yeah, take me back to that place. Um, we, we need to stay like little kids. Being grown up is totally overrated. When I was the youth pastor intern at Briarwood Baptist Church, I used to tell all the kids that being an adult, the only benefits of being an adult was that you got to eat dessert first and open your Happy Meal toy before you ate your hamburger. And other than that, it was just a lot of responsibility. So I still kind of stand on that. You know, it's like kind of overrated. Um, and so... Being a child of God and acting like a child of God is really valuable. So if you cannot try to grow up too much. I know our world says something different. It says you need to grow up and be mature, and that's how you get places, and that how, that's how you do things, and I'm going to be a grown-up. It has all this value. But when we get focused on that, we like miss something that it talks about in the Bible, you know, about coming to him as little kids. So it's a really big deal to remain like a, a kid in a lot of ways. So, um, so I'm going to share a little bit this morning. Um, my title is, Where is God in this Abundant Life? So I don't know if y'all have ever had weeks or days or months or years where you're like, I know he said I have abundant life, but it doesn't feel very abundant. It feels hard and painful. And I will say that, honestly, in my walk with God, there wasn't a whole lot of sacrifice for a long time. And you know, I probably will look back in 10 years and say, there wasn't a whole lot of sacrifice, you know, when I was 37. It feels like sacrifice now, though, for the first time, really, ever. So this sermon may be a little more equipping for the future than it is for the present, because when I was in this situation of many people here, not everybody, because we have lots of different generations here, but um, when I was in many of y'all's stage of life, walking with God didn't cost me anything. It really didn't. It was like cool, and I had lots of friends, and it was like Wesley, you know? It's like awesome. you interning, and you've got all the friends, and, you know, you're doing all, like, fun stuff, and it's awesome. I love it. I mean, I'm asking God to keep that. I'm not asking for him to make it sacrificial for y'all. But when it happens, I want you to be ready. <laughs> so because it does come, like, Walking with God costs you something. Like it costs, and, and it's okay if it's not in a season. And um, hopefully some of you have read stories of, from people that it's cost them something. Or maybe have relationships with people that it's cost them something. 
Um, if you grew up in the home of like a pastor, like you know it costs something. If you um, maybe have interacted with some missionaries, like you have seen what it costs, you know. And um, So sometimes life doesn't look as abundant as maybe you thought it was going to look because you've done all these things. Why, doesn't, why hasn't it panned out the way you thought it was going to? So we're just going to talk about that a little bit. Oh, I have a clicker. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay, we are children of God. That's so funny that we sang about that at the end because I didn't tell them this, but that is. Um, so I made this bigger. I don't know if y'all can see that or not. I'm going to read it to you. It's First John 31, 3, I'm sorry. First John doesn't have 31 chapters. First John 3, verses 1 through 3. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that he that we would be called children of God and such we are for this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him beloved now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what will be we know that when he appears we will be like him because we will see him just as he is and everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. This passage is like a whole sermon in itself. I got a couple of those this morning where it's just like, take what you can out of it. When it says everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Like, I think there's so many things in that, but... If you remember that you're a child of God, purity follows that. Hope follows that. It's a really big deal. So this is my proof that we're children of God. My biblical soundness. All right? Let's see. Jesus died for God's kids. So we already know we're his kids to have abundant life. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life. And have it abundantly, John 10, 10. Okay, so we know who the thief is. He's the enemy. He's not your boss or your parents. The enemy is Satan, and he hates us. He wants to destroy us. Like, he really hates us. And sometimes we forget that. He can't have what we have. So he hates us. Okay, And his tactics are to steal the gifts and weapons and tools that God has given us. Can he really take them from you? Good answer, no, he can't. But what he does, the way he steals them is he makes us think that we don't have them. But he's a liar. Okay, He makes you think you don't have those gifts, weapons, and tools anymore. Which are all the same thing, by the way. The gifts, weapons, and tools, they're just different names for the same stuff. So the way the enemy steals from you is he lies to you. But he lies to you so well. It's his job that you all of a sudden think that, I don't have that anymore. I lost my joy. No, it was bought for you. It can't be taken. 
Satan is a liar. And if you are believing something that doesn't sound like abundant life, then you have believed the liar. You just have to stop it. Okay, we'll talk about how to stop it later. All right, circumstances. They are real. The good ones, the bad ones, the crazy ones, they're real. So I'm not talking about like pretending life isn't happening, okay? That's not what this is about because that is definitely not what we're about here. And I don't think that's what God's about in the kingdom. But they are a part of your story and a part of your victory. So your circumstances are happening to you for a purpose. Well, did God make these bad things happen? I don't think so, but I'm not going to fight with you about that. Um, You can think whatever you want to think, but I do know that God is faithful regardless of our circumstances. So they're real. Experience them. Feel them. Let them be a part of you. Jesus felt them. So let's just think about it a minute. Remember the temple? How he felt that circumstance? I'm not going to go into all of these because we would be here a really long time. Remember the wine? How they experienced that, that, that circumstance? And he was like, Mama, it's not my time yet. And she was like, do what he says, just like a mama. Do what he says. He's like, oh, fill the barrels up. She's not going to let me out of this. The fish and the bread, I mean, they were all circumstances, right? Stressful. All these people are here, and you just said to feed them. Jesus is like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Time with his bros. I mean, Travis has all kinds of thoughts about how he spent time with his bros. I think they're kind of obnoxious, but... You know, when guys get together, they do guy things. I'm sure he felt all of that, you know, his circumstances. Remember how close he was to some of those guys? You know, and how it broke his heart when they, you know, didn't represent him well. Um, the garden, he totally felt that. I mean, he cried sweated blood like you know the cross when he went to glory I mean these are all part of Jesus's circumstances I could go on and on the Bible's full of things that happened in Jesus's life that made it his story that's his story and his victory on our behalf So we have a few things that we've laid the groundwork for. I do better over here because then I can look at my thing. It's not behind me. We are children of God. Abundant life was bought for us by Jesus. I know y'all are like, I've heard this before. Well, if we all acted like it, then we probably wouldn't say these sermons over and over again. I mean, I'm just saying. God keeps telling me, so evidently I need to hear it, you know? like. So just stay with me. 
We're children of God. Abundant life was bought for you on the cross with the blood of Jesus, and it is enough. It's finished. It's done. Abundant life, it's signed, sealed, delivered. There's nothing else to do to get it. It's really important that you don't think there's some extra thing that has to happen for you to get abundant life. You have to say, Jesus is Lord. Okay, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The end. Doesn't have a sinner's prayer in the Bible. It doesn't have a daily devotional schedule. It just says, call on the name of the Lord. You do that, you get abundant life because Jesus paid the ultimate price for it. So how do we remain in this place no matter what our circumstances are? Well, I've been working on that this week. So some of you know this and some of you don't, but I've had kind of a crazy two weeks. I mean, it's been a little bit different than my normal life. My mother-in-law fell. She fainted and fell and fractured her skull two weeks ago yesterday. Um, it was a very traumatic situation for me personally because I got there with the ambulance, and I'm going to get some therapy about that eventually. Um, no exaggeration. We should all get therapy, just so you know. You should all go to counseling. I'm not kidding. Okay, How did Travis and I stay married? We go to counseling. That's the truth. Okay? Like, y'all are like, huh, that's funny. No, I'm serious. Like, you need to get help. You are not supposed to do this by yourself. This was never meant to be a one-man show. Okay? Get help. All right. That's that. I don't care where you go. Find somebody. Hopefully, they'll pray with you. If they don't pray, you should, probably should find somebody else. That's just, my, that's just my opinion. Okay? It's only my opinion because there is only one person that can actually help you and it's Jesus so if you're not looking at him you know there you go so um, I have an appointment to have a total meltdown and that's going to be good okay the other thing that happened let's see that happened Saturday um, Travis was leaving for Burning Man on Friday for 10 days so Travis isn't one of these people that just like comes home and eats dinner plays with the kids a minute and goes to bed we don't that is not our deal if you've ever been at our house you know it's not our deal like he is totally hands-on in our family we both work part-time and we do the awakening and and you know he's like an amazing dad and an amazing husband he grocery shops he cooks he's he's just amazing okay um so he was taking two guys with him to Burning Man, so he had some responsibility there. Um, Bob wasn't going, you know, lots of stuff happening. So some of the people here were like, we really want Travis to be able to go. Is there anything we can do to make that happen? And so I said, yeah, y'all can become Travis. And so they did. So anyone who said, is there anything I can do, did something almost everybody. I mean, really, it has been a total village. So I've had people taking my kids to karate and soccer, sweating it out in the middle of no shade at Veterans Park. I don't know whose idea that was, but 
it is hot out there watching Lydia play soccer, which is entertaining, but it's hot. And um, lots of karate practice. Toddy came to my house at 11 o'clock on Monday night because Merle was going to the ER in an ambulance. And so now we've got two parents that are not well, that need 24-7 care. Zuri had been out of school Monday because she was sick, and she had, like, bronchitis, which makes you kind of lose your breath in the night. She would wake up crying, and you had to put her head in the freezer to get her bronchioles to go down. One of these things really isn't a big deal, but when you put them all in the same week, it's a little bit overwhelming. I'll just say it's, um, you know, so I came home and Toddy slept with Zuri and I slept on the couch and we got up and got the kids to school and then Kara came to my house at six o'clock one morning to uh, put my kids on the bus so I could drive to Augusta for a doctor's appointment for Diane. You know, just a lot going on. Travis is in Nevada, in the middle of the Black Rock Desert. And so, you know, he's my best friend and my husband, and he was not home. And it's been tough. But these are circumstances. So I've said over the past two weeks, and and before that, before this all happened, before Diane fell and broke her head, I was having a really hard time personally. (laughs) So personally, I was in a very hard place just in life, like having my own, trying to figure things out. So it's just been very interesting. I'm trying to just give you the highlights and not bore you with a whole long story, but um, my circumstances have given me a lot of opportunities lately, and I hope that you have something in your life maybe you can relate it to a little bit where you have circumstances that aren't your favorite thing that could happen. Um, And so what happened in my circumstances is I realized what I'm made of. And so some of that was impressive. And some of it was ugly. So you got to look at both. Don't just look at the impressive stuff, you know. Like look at the ugly and figure out how to get rid of it. If it's not like Jesus, it's not you. He made you in his image. So I've experienced a glimpse into the heavenlies like never before in the last two weeks. Because people literally have laid down their life for me. I mean, taking off of work, like just doing crazy stuff for my family that they did not have to do. Cooking meals and taking food to the hospital and I can't even tell you I mean Jesse Pilkington can because he coordinated the whole thing because I couldn't even I couldn't handle any of it I just told him what I needed and he sent people to do it It, people just show up like to do whatever Kezia fell in love with Josiah I mean I fell in love with him too but um, it's you know it's been fun to be together But I'll tell you how we got to that glimpse of the heavenlies was I had to figure out I couldn't do it. 
And so sometimes you got to say, I can't do it, and you got to ask for help. So if, you, if you're one of those people that don't ask for help, die now. <laughs> it's easier just to go ahead and die. All right, so remember John the Baptist told us to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Y'all remember? All right, so like the kingdom of heaven is at hand, so we need to repent. And it's like, what are you in this earth for? So there's this Bill Johnson quote. It's kind of long from this book, and I recommend you read the whole book, but if you don't want to, you can just follow me with this quote. Okay. It's long, so I'm going to read it. It says, re means back, to go back, and pent is like the penthouse, the top floor of a building. Repent, then, means to go back to God's perspective on reality. And in that perspective, there is a renewal, a reformation that affects our intelligence, our emotions, and every part of our lives. Without repentance, we remain locked into carnal ways of thinking. When the Bible speaks of carnality, it doesn't necessarily mean obvious, disgusting sin. Most of us as Christians have no appetite for sin. We don't want to get drunk or sleep around. But because we live without the demonstrating power of the gospel, many have lost their sense of purpose and gone back to sin. Having a renewed mind is often not an issue of whether or not someone is going to heaven. But how much of heaven he or she wants in his or her life right now. This sermon is not about how to get to heaven. I told y'all already, though, how to get there. So that was free. But once you figure that out, he said we could have abundant life now. He said, John the Baptist said, the kingdom was at hand Psalm says we'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I mean, there's got to be something for right now, right? Or we just go to heaven once we said Jesus is Lord. We just drop dead. <laughs> and that's not what happens. But so we get focused on how do I, how do I not look at pornography? How do I not shop too much how do i not do this how do i not do that is just not what it's about that stuff comes out of the overflow of your heart so if you try to manage your fruit how many of y'all have ever done any kind of farming if you pick all the fruit what happens it grows more fruit so if you leave all the fruit up there it just kind of rots off and the tree doesn't keep producing but the more you pick, they say like with the people who are, have a green thumb, not me, they, they cut their roses even if they're dead because if you cut all the roses, then it'll produce more roses on the bush. Anybody with a green thumb in here confirm what I'm saying? No one. I'm so sorry. We have no gardeners. Um, don't manage your fruit. Get to the root. Like if you've got a bad tree, pull it up. Find out what's going on in there. Don't try not to do stuff. I didn't read my Bible today. Oh. I, well, say, hey, God, what you doing? Quit whining about it and just talk to him. He didn't go anywhere. 
you got caught up in your own thing, your own rules. You made those rules. So when you break them, the only person bothered by it is you. Okay? He only gives us this list of things that give us abundant life. So I changed the Ten Commandments in our house to the Ten Opportunities. I didn't change the Bible, I promise. (laughs) I know what happens to those people, okay? I'm not going to do that. I'm not adding to or taking away from the Word of God, I promise. But I was just like, when I realized that about a year ago that my kids didn't know the Ten Commandments, I know, it was a moment. Um, (laughs) They knew they were written on tablets, and they knew that Moses did them, but they had no idea what they were. And so... But we talked about them as a family as they are the guidelines that help us enjoy life. They are the guidelines that make life good. They are the guidelines that keep us safe. It's like the reason I don't let my kids play in the road. They will die. And so if you choose not to follow God's word, then it's going to be hard. That's just the choice you make. But abundant life is for us, and we need his perspective. Um, So these gifts, weapons, and tools I was talking about, this is not an inclusive list, okay? We are going to leave here today, so I'm not going to give you an inclusive list of all the things that God's given you to live abundant life. So, But over the past two months, there are three things that I have found really helpful and keeping my place in the earth as a child of God with a heavenly perspective. This is them. Forgiveness, hope, and thanksgiving. All right, we're going to talk about them more. But first we're going to talk about perspective. And I have a really fun story to tell you all. And some of you may know this, but I think a lot of you don't. So uh, Mark and Anna Linton are really good friends of ours. Mark used to lead worship here. Some of y'all might know Mark and Anna, and some of you don't. But um, Mark and Anna are married, and they had a long-distance relationship for a long time. And, and he was here, and she was in Brunswick. And so then she moved to Athens, and he was super stoked about his girlfriend living in Athens. So he um, was about to leave for Mexico on a mission trip, and he was staying the night at our house so they could leave really early in the morning to go to the airport. So he gets to our house with Chick-fil-A and a Coke, which is what Mark does. He's like a junk food junkie, right, Alvin? So fast food junkie. I shouldn't say junk food. He just loves fast food, Coke and Chick-fil-A. And so Bojangles, whatever it might be. So he comes in with his Chick-fil-A, and he puts it down on the table, and he's like... Oh, guys. We're like, man, what is wrong? I mean, his, like, world had fallen apart. He was like, I just talked to my dad. I was telling him, Anna told me the worst news ever today. And his dad was like, she found another guy? (laughs) And he was like, um maybe the second worst news ever. (laughs) He said, said, she told me she was moving back to Brunswick. Okay, so, and he was really sad about it. And they obviously got married, so it worked. But 
I'm talking about perspective. You know, like, he did, she didn't find another guy. That was pretty awesome that she didn't. Um, she was just moving far away. So it's, it's about perspective. And sometimes we really get caught up in our circumstances and think they are who we are. And so that's actually what I'm talking about this morning, is that your circumstances aren't who you are. Like, you can be who you are in any situation and in any circumstance, but you've got to make some choices, okay? It doesn't just come naturally. Oh, I have a scripture for that. Here it is. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Okay, do y'all hear that? The things freely. You didn't do anything to get this stuff. It's free. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. Mm, That's a good word right there. I'll probably say that again. But he who is spirit, but he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. If you got some fear of man, you just need to write that on your mirror. For who has known the mind of the Lord? that he will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So how do we get that penthouse perspective? We have to get the mind of Christ, and we have to remember that this scripture is huge and that like, we're not judged by man, and we just got to get that in there. All right, so here we go. On some application. Oh, that's the same slide from before. Oh, there you go. So we're going to start with forgiveness. This is Luke six thirty. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat others in the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. You want to practice some sonship. There's you a little scripture that tells you how, okay? About lending and not expecting to receive back, loving your enemies. You know, that's a good, that's just something to practice. Um, For he himself is kind to ungrateful, kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. 
and do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon or forgive, and you will be pardoned. Sometimes the scripture doesn't need an explanation. Forgiveness is the ultimate game changer. If you got something that isn't going well for you, there is a good chance you need to forgive. Good news, only God can make forgiveness happen. All right? You get to choose to forgive. So how do you do this? All right, so three weeks ago, before my mother-in-law broke her head, um, I was having a hard time. And Travis, I was venting to Travis, driving around Loop 10 on our way home from Chips, because that's what we do, is go to Chips, which is Taqueria del Sol for the rest of the world, the only place that doesn't give you Chips. My children call Chips. Um I was sad and hurt, and I said, in my frustration, I'm just going to choose to forgive. I'm just going to choose to forgive, and I just started calling out what I was forgiving. It was not pretty, okay? It wasn't like, oh, God, I totally forgive these people. No, that's not what it looked like at all. And then I said to God, In my frustration, I was speaking, and then I started praying. Thankfully, he hears it all. And then I said, I'm going to just keep choosing until you make it happen. And God did something in my heart. It doesn't hurt as bad. I'm not feeling like other people need to say they're sorry. Oh, my gosh, if you're in that place, please forgive. It is so amazing. If there is someone in your life that you're like, they need to apologize, like they owe me an apology, forgive them. Don't make them apologize. It's awesome. It's so awesome. I want you to experience the awesomeness of forgiving someone who doesn't say they're sorry. Oh, my gosh. You know, I think that's how Jesus feels. You know, because he just keeps on forgiving us when we don't say we're sorry. It's so amazing. Please do it. It's just so fun. All right. I'm not saying it's easy, okay? And I'm not in any way justifying the behavior of people who hurt you. Don't hear me say that. I'm just saying that you got abundant life from Jesus, and the way to keep it is to forgive somebody. It's for you, not for them. You let them deal with their thing. Just let them be. And you take what was given to you. Forgiveness is your gift. It's awesome. Okay. I'll have another scripture. I told Zakia last night that I had more scripture in my sermon than any sermon I've ever preached. I think it's true. Travis always has tons of scripture, but I usually don't. Okay. This is Hebrews. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. I don't think this is Hebrews. This is Colossians. 
I'm like, I just memorized this, and it's not in Hebrews. Okay, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, which you previously heard of the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just as in all the world, also in its constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing so since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. Okay, this is just saying, like, to the Corinthian church, like, when you heard the gospel, you heard that you had all this hope. And when I read that scripture, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, I just imagined heaven is just full of hope waiting to, like, pour out on his children. It's just, like... It's full of hope. Okay, so then the Hebrews verses, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see it drawing near. We have pools of hope stored up for us in heaven. Like, just, if you are a depressed kind of person, like, just imagine the pools of hope that are yours. Because that will wage war on depression. Hope is a really cool thing because it's not only something you get to have for yourself, but it's something that you get to give away. So when Jesse Goodwin was keeping my children for me to take Diane to another doctor's appointment, and she got them off the bus, and we're in my kitchen, and I'm on the verge of a breakdown, but it didn't quite happen, she gave me hope. You know, she like, she's my sister, and she gave me some hope. You know, when, when people came and just did stuff and just said something nice to me, like, Whatever it might be, it gave me hope. It's like you can do that. It said that in that Hebrews verse, you know. Why do we do this on Sunday morning? Because we can give hope to each other. Some people come in here kind of hopeless. But we that's something we have for each other. So that's a really cool weapon. None of us are without hope. Don't ever think you're hopeless. That is not for children of God. I hope that didn't go crazy. Um, Faith, hope, and love abide in these three, but the greatest of these is love. Okay, so if you abide in hope, it will fill space in your mind, body, and spirit and leave no room for anxiety, fear, control, and striving. So this is also... I really like to have these, like, red flags in my life that are, like... So I have this one thing that if if I make up speeches... So probably none of you have done this. I'm kidding. I bet you have. So, like, when you're driving down the road and you're like, if I could just say anything I wanted to to them, I would say... Bah, 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 bah. Have you ever done that? Y'all are lying. One honest person in this whole room. Oh, my goodness. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Okay, you're like, they really, this person, real, somebody needs to tell them. No one's ever done that. If you, Some people really don't think like that, which is awesome. Like, I'm so thankful there are people who don't think like that, but I'm not one of them. 
And so when I do that, it is like a huge red flag for me, and, the, and I immediately start forgiving because that means I have gone totally off track. Like I am in my flesh 100%. So when you're making up speeches, it's like a big red flag that you need to forgive somebody. If you have anxiety, fear, the need to control, and you like to strive and do stuff to, you know, you're a striver, then you probably need some more hope. They're just red flags. So hope deferred makes the heart sick. So that's kind of like when something didn't happen the way you thought it was going to. Sometimes we think we're smarter than God and that he's, he's late. He's not late. He just doesn't like to be early. All right, Thanksgiving. This is probably my favorite one, even though it's not the full game changer like forgiveness, but Thanksgiving is pretty powerful. Let them also offer sacrifices of Thanksgiving and tell of his works with joyful singing. To you I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Okay, so y'all see that sacrifice of thanksgiving? Have y'all ever thought about that before? Well, I haven't until now. So thanksgiving is a sacrifice. How is it sacrificial to be thankful? Well, I asked God that question. And he said that to be thankful, you have to lay down what you think is better than what you have. So I'll give you an example about my week. Somebody said in my family, and it was a hard week, said, this has been the worst week ever. And I immediately thought, well, not, I mean, it could have been worse. You know, like, this is the truth. And I walked through this with the, the Brockers, but like, none of our children are sick. It's different when it's your babies. You know, it's different. It's, it's like, it could have been worse, you know, like, it really, I mean, my husband's coming home tomorrow. Like, it could have been worse. So it'll make you thankful when you start thinking about things from a heavenly perspective. And so sometimes being thankful actually starts with forgiveness and a little bit of repentance where it's like, God, forgive me for thinking that I could do this better than you, that I had a better plan than you did. Forgive me for taking my life in my own hands. And then you can start being thankful. So it is a sacrifice because you're like, man, that's not, this is not what I thought it was going to look like. I say all the time we enter his courts with thanksgiving. I probably say that every week. So that's where we get his perspective. If you want it, start thanking him for something. And you can just start by thanking him for who he is, even if you don't believe it. 
because it doesn't change. So where is God? He's in you. No matter what, if it's good, if it's crazy, if it's bad, he is in you. And that doesn't ever change. He is the hope of glory. So you have that in you. You have the hope of glory in you. Glory can come at any moment. It's in you. He is using the enemy's plans for your good. And that's what I was talking about. Does he make all these bad things happen? I don't think so. I just don't think so. I don't think that's anywhere close to true. But I do know that he's bigger than our circumstances. And he will use them to, for our good. He will use them for his purposes. He's refining you like silver and gold. So this is kind of the scripture that led to this whole thing. It's kind of weird, the turn it took. But it's in Malachi 3. And it's verses 2 and 3. It's talking about when Jesus comes. And it says, But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a smelter and purifier of silver and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver so they may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. So if you thought Christianity wasn't going to cost you anything, I'm sorry be the bearer of the news but he says that his presence will refine you and that doesn't feel good sometimes he where's God he's expanding your tent he's enlarging your territory I don't know when I was like in college that prayer Jabez book was like really popular do y'all still read that it's really good if y'all haven't read that, you should. It's a really great book. The Prayer of Jabez book. It's tiny. It's just like a devotion, like a just two-day thing. Um, it talks about expanding your tent. So he's expanding your tent. He's making your ability to love, to risk, and to trust greater with every breath. So when your circumstances are whatever, this is just what God is doing. When they're hard, when they're great, when they're easy, when they're light, whatever they're, they are, this is what God does for his children. He increases our ability to love. Some of you have heard my story about Naya and how when and Naya is um, my friend's baby who has lots of medical problems and when they found out at 27 weeks pregnancy that she was going to have lots of problems I was I had a lot of emotion about that and um, I asked God what he was doing you know and he said you're going to have to get more my love because she's going to need love that you've never given before that was a hard time for me because I'd never loved a mama who was about to have a baby who could possibly have lots of problems, and she ended up having lots of problems. She's actually having a procedure on Tuesday. Um, so 
I do have more. Lo- I get more love from God because I need more love to give away. And if you try, or if I would have tried to love Amber with my own love, I'd probably be one bitter pill right now. I'd be mad because my friend Amber has had a lot of heartache. But God's love is crazy. It's amazing. And so he, this is what he's doing. He's increasing your ability to risk, to love. And when we trust, we'll risk more. But trust is a big thing, too, you know, and that's really that what gets in the way of hope is when we don't trust God. We don't trust that he's good and faithful and has our best interest in mind. So, um, so he, he is in you. He is creating new space in you for you to run with him in new capacities. And we're all evolving. And so sometimes that, that, Creating more space is is exciting, and um, it's more um, you have more enthusiasm around it. And sometimes it's just real stretching. It's more like really being in the fire. And it doesn't matter if, which way it is. It's not like you did something one way or the other. Like life happens, and we're in this earth, so we're in a fallen world. And many of those scriptures talked about how. The world doesn't understand it, or, you know, we're, it's, diff, it's a heavenly thing. And that's why I love that Bob jo- the Bill Johnson thing from that book is because it's like going back to heaven to get his perspective. And, and so these are just three, and, and I didn't want to just call them like things God had given us. They're weapons against the enemy. So if he's had his way with you, just bust him in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to fight. Y'all cannot be like, oh, this is so hard, and I just don't know what to do. You have got to fight. We are not wimpy Christians. It's not who we are. We do not have a wimpy God. So you, like, get your sword out and chop his head off. I'm just saying, get violent. I just don't know if we're like, I mean, just like we just walked around the city for seven Sundays, you know, that's because of a, that's because of a repentance perspective. It's because we, we don't know, we don't know why we walked around the city seven times. We don't know. Something God said it was a good idea. And so we did it and it was it made us hungry it made it did something in us that we're walking so like who knows what it's going to do in the city and we may never know that doesn't even matter those things really fade away so um we're gonna close and our ministry team will be over here if you need help choosing forgiveness they know how to help you don't be embarrassed. Just be like, I don't know how to do that. I've never chosen to forgive anyone. If you don't know how to be thankful, they can help you. They can totally help you. If you want a word from God, they can help you get a word from God. But the truth is, if you want a word from God, just ask him. He'll give it to you. He talks to you. 
He doesn't just talk to us. Some of you have been hearing him. You just don't like what he's saying. And that's all right, but you just keep asking him. He'll keep saying the same thing. You know, God, he's funny like that. He's like, you don't ever fail the test. You just get to keep taking it and taking it and taking it until it accomplishes the work that I meant for it to accomplish in your heart. Some of us that have lived a long time, we um, we taken tests over and over and over again. <laughs> so if you find that being yourself, taking that test over and over, you might want to go see the ministry team. They've done that too. They've taken the same test over and over. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's part of walking with God. So, um, so we would love to encourage you. But um, I'm going to pray for us. So, God, thank you that you are always at work in us. Thank you, God. So I'm just going to um, take us as a group kind of through a prayer of forgiveness. And if you, if you do that making up speeches thing, and I know I make fun of it, but if you do that or if you um, have a hard time being thankful for your life, um, you can just pray this. I'm going to pray for us. God, I ask that you forgive me for thinking that my ways were higher than your ways. And I make a choice today to be who you made me to be, to be in this season of life. Thank you, God, that you have good plans for me and that those plans are actually happening right now. I'm not waiting for them to happen. They're actually happening. And God, I forgive. I don't know who you need to forgive, but you might. And if you don't, you can just say, is there anyone that... I'm holding hostage in my heart that I need to let go for my own freedom. And you just forgive them. And God, I'm making a choice to forgive. I ask you to complete the work. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way for me to forgive. Thank you, God. So I just pray, Father, that you will flood each of our hearts with your hope right now. Flood us with hope. Just open yourself up and let him flood you with hope. Because even if, you're feel, if you feel full of hope, get a little bit more because there's somebody he wants you to give it to this week. So in this moment, get a little bit more than you need so that you've got some to give away. Abide in hope. Thank you, God. Thank you for this army of people. 
the warriors in this room. Thank you for their destiny. Holy Spirit, draw them close to you that they may rest in you as they walk in this earth. Amen. Well, we, um, you have something? Jesse has something. Thank you, Jess. That was awesome. Um, just real quick, if, uh, if you're like a person in this room who might not know many people, or even if you've been here a few times, but you don't feel like you know many people yet, or if you've been here for like an hour and it's your first time, you think it's totally weird. We just want you to know that like we're really excited about all of that. Like whoever you are, wherever you're at, if this is just a place where you come and, you know, have some free time, if you want to lay on the floor, dance or sing or freedom and worship or and go back and do your thing, that's awesome. Um, we're all a bunch of friends and we're like so learning as we grow how to just be like a church. We're all learning that together. Jessica always has this really fun thing she says where, you know, we just follow the breadcrumbs. That's just what we do. So if it's your first time or if it's your 10th time and you still don't feel like you really know people, I'm a very, very, very extroverted, so I don't know what that's like, but I feel like if you're not phenomenally extroverted, there can be perceived like barriers or like tough to meet people or who do I say to do the thing? You know, I just encourage you to like take courage. Um, I love all these people in this room who I know, and I bet I would really love you too if I knew you even more. So just know like we're following the breadcrumbs. We're so excited you're here. No matter where you're at in that journey, you know, if you want a journey with us, like hop in. You know, that's, that's very real. So thank you guys for coming. And back to you, Mom. Yes. And so if you want to give us your email, it's back there on the little sticky note. Um, some of y'all missed that announcement. Um, and you guys are free to go. And if you want ministry, the ministry team is over there. You can um, have some ministry time. There'll be some music. If you want to start chit-chatting and stuff, y'all can go out there. We'll do a little worship song. Um, and so... Um, but we'll, um, yeah, so we'll give people a minute to get over it for ministry time, and then we'll start cleaning up the chairs. I'll let y'all know when.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 